Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our first part of a two-part episode on from Indian Lake's new album, Dimly Lit. I don't know if we've ever been more excited to do a podcast And we have to split it in two parts because we have some really fun stuff planned for both of these parts. So, Nate, how about you explain what our two-part from Indian Lakes album review looks like? Sure, Andrew. I will do that for you. So, for those who are new listeners, basically we start out our podcast and have two segments. It's One's called Spammer Jam, the other's called Top 3. And then we'll go into an album and go track by track and give you our thoughts on that album. But usually, we'll have listened to the album beforehand and done prep. We're doing this right now, recording on October 18th, 2019, which is the day of the release of From Indian Lake's new album, Dimly Lit. The reason we're doing this is because From Indian Lakes is one of our favorite bands, or Joey's one of our favorite artists, and we just thought it would be cool to give you a honest and transparent reaction of a first listen, because we've never done anything like that before. And then the second part of the episode, or the second episode we do, will be a more thought out we've listened to the album more than once and we're gathering our thoughts and a much more formulated opinion on the album so i might love a song at first and then after listening to a while it grows on you and you could even love it more or love it less but right now we're just giving you our honest reactions then we'll give you our more thought out reactions i could have explained that quicker but whatever That sounds great. Yeah, I'm super excited. Nate, are you ready to get into it? Yep, let's do it. As we start, I already might have said this, but we haven't listened to any of this. We've this is one of our favorite bands, and we've waited the whole time to listen to this so we could have an honest reaction, and we're so excited. It's just we've waited so long, and that's not a complaint. It's just like we're so excited to listen. So yes, we can't wait. The first track, Andrew, New Love. Let's go. So that was New Love by Fermanian Lakes, our boy Joey. Okay, Andrew, what are your thoughts on New Love? First track, intro track, first song heard. So, yeah, just repeating what you said about waiting this long. Like, we didn't listen to any of the singles or, like, anything. We we literally were just, like, we made, like, a, a, a blood oath to, like, not. <laughs> we literally, not <laughs> like, literally, but not, not we kind of did. But as literally as figuratively can get, that's where we were at. <laughs> and like so the first thing that hit me right away is like like holy crap i'm listening to like from indian lakes like i've literally like i've had to stay as far away as i could to not because if i was close i would just dip my foot in and, and just listen so like i'm actually listening to new from indian lakes which is like crazy to me so it took me maybe the whole song to realize that but like okay 
So let me actually get to actual thoughts. First of all, so perfect. Like, so good. Because... It sounds exactly like From Indian Lakes, yet there's still progression that you feel. And I feel like that's always what From Indian Lakes does so well, is that like it might have taken a little bit of time to get fully into what I feel like Joey's doing with From Indian Lakes now. That like It's not the same as, as where they started. They definitely progressed. But now, I would say since Absent Sounds, From Indian Lakes has had a very specific genre and style that they're in but he's progressing with each album and so there were some elements that like were so cool so first i want to say we have the lyrics through Bandcamp right now we're actually looking at his Bandcamp to to have the lyrics only because the lyrics literally aren't on genius or any other place yet so we have the lyrics they're actually fairly simple lyrically compared to where i feel like he usually goes obviously repeats the chorus in their but for the most part, there's not much lyrically there. But like the chorus, you can, I would think it would be really hard to actually understand the lyrics without looking at them because there's such kind of hushed, hushed vocals kind of in there. But man, the melody is so smooth and so perfect. And it's actually funny because usually a chorus, like it really punches from a vocal standpoint, but it actually does probably the opposite in this. And I'm loving it. The guitars were really cool in it, too. There was actually some really cool chords towards the end of the chorus, I believe, that were in there. That was awesome. There was also some tremolo picking uh, later in one of the instrumentals. And I'm sure that they've had tremolo picking, but for some reason it really stuck out to me in this one as like, oh, this is this is sweet. It layers a ton, as from Indian Lakes does. Like, there's probably like... 20-something tracks on this song uh, from the recording. It's insane, but I loved it. Nate, what did you think about first track, man? So I remember when we saw... Well, we we both saw them live, the same tour, opening up for Copeland's, you and Philly, me in Boston, and they played two new songs, and I think this was one of the new songs they played. I can't, like... I'm, like, pretty sure, but... That being said, it still sounds different from uh, the recorded version. I think my favorite part of the song was right after the first chorus where he goes in that, that instrumental and it just like hits hard and it's like so thick and full and like atmospheric. And I was just like bopping my head and I look at the screen and <laughs> like you're in your own world just like bopping so hard too. And it's just like... Like you said, From Indian Lakes is back, and like, obviously, let's not get ahead of ourselves, we're one song in, but this song is so sick, so good, such a bright opener. The vocal layering over the chorus is so interesting, like, there's like, words in different areas, and like, there's certain lyrics he says that aren't on the lyrics here, that are kind of like, added in, and they're like, kind of, not subliminal, but just like, not as obvious even though like you said it's hard to understand a lot of the lyrics and then i just love the like starting off on this note of new love with like this renewal and stuff is like a really cool idea and i'm looking forward to see how it lends itself throughout the album all right let's move to track two track two is called dissonance it's featuring soren Bryce. All 
All right, that was Dissonance. Nate, what are your thoughts on Dissonance? So this song gives me a lot of vibes from his single, um, I Feel It on the Back of My Neck. It has that, like, really straightforward, there's not a lot of, like, like high and low dynamics. It's just, like, it's like a singular plateau, kind of, for the most part, and maintains itself. I would say, I'm guessing this song will be more of a grower on me, and I don't know it's, like, context leading into the third track. It was nice. There weren't many parts where I, like, really was feeling it. I like the lyrics a lot, though, and I think they're really well done. I, I think this will have to be a grower for me. We'll see what I think uh, next time we talk about the album. What are your thoughts, Andrew? So, I mean, you pointed out the lyrics. Let me just jump on that. Like, the lyrics are insanely good. I really like some of the pictures, like the word pictures that he creates. He creates quite a few throughout the song, so I feel like it's very immersive lyrically. And the one line that obviously they sing over and over towards the end is that you're alive, but all your life is gone. I love that line. I think that's such a cool line. And I feel like it it works really well to kind of wrap up the song. I kind of get what you're saying that it kind of hits one one line. It kind of starts right away. And there's kind of these like power chord type of of guitar that it kind of is just driving the whole time that there's kind of this like do do da do 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 da like most of the song kind of has that to me the most interesting elements were actually the synth in it that especially i might get this wrong but like uh end of the first chorus maybe somewhere in there there was some really unique synth like almost like out of key that it wasn't actually playing notes that should be played in in this key it was really unique and i thought it was really cool maybe a little bit subtle i think it was a little buried beneath some stuff but i think overall it works really well and it's just another layer so i do i do agree with you i feel like it is going to be a grower what's actually interesting mostly to me is a difference of first and second track first track was like oh boy from indian lakes is back second track was a little bit more like okay, hold on, is this what the album is going to sound like? So it's just interesting because, again, we don't really know. We have no context for the album yet. So it's just interesting, like, is this... uh, Not that it's a new direction because it still sounds like from Indian Lakes, but, like, are some of these elements going to be showing up a little bit more throughout the album or is just is this kind of a one-off? I think the placement of the song is pretty good, though, because it still hits pretty pretty hard. It doesn't have the dynamics that the first song does, but I feel like it's still kind of pulling you into the album. So I feel like, again, we don't have context, but I feel like it makes sense to be kind of second, third, somewhere early on, kind of, I feel like, in the track listing. But when you have 16 songs, that normal track listing can go out the window. So we'll see how it uh, functions with the rest. So next we have the third track, Your Heartbeat Against Mine, featuring Nandi Rose Plunkett. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts? So, 
track three out of track 16. It's way too early to pick a favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> it's, it is so cool. So I was in right away, too. So, like, from the beginning, there's this little vocal. Uh, I think it's Joey saying, time to write a pop song, I guess. And then it goes like, do, 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 do. And there's like that hook starts right in. And it's it's a little poppy, but it's like from Indian Lakes, like version of a pop song. So throughout the first verse, I was like, OK, is is he actually trying to write like a, a pop song? Is this like his version of it? And like there's some elements there. But what I noticed was I think it's a pre-chorus that the melody itself has like a real, real poppy feel to it, but it's like super unique too. So I loved it right away. I was like, okay, pre-chorus. Then I was getting ready for the chorus to like get big because it really felt like it was building, and and it does. But it's that I know I'm missing your heartbeat against mine. Um, that part, like the drums were so not what I was expecting. I was expecting more driving, but they're doing a much cooler groove than I expected, and that was so good. Also, maybe favorite element besides that whole hook is amazing, but the bass is moving almost constantly in those verses, and I think first verse, and again, I only listened to this once, so give me some grace if I'm wrong. I think first verse, it's more of a straight bass, and second verse, I heard more fuzz. Now, I might have missed, there might be fuzz in the first verse too, but there's definitely like an effect on the bass, like kind of a, a slight, if you don't know what fuzz is, it's kind of a, a distortion type of effect on top of it. It's just like a, it doesn't cut through as much, it more just like blurs the sound, I guess would be the best way I could describe it. It's so cool. The one thing that I wanted to say, and so far this has been the case, so he had Soren Bryce on the last album and Nandi Rose Plunkett. Um, Joey's voice, and especially because he uses falsetto so much, is already so high that it's actually hard to distinguish what the girl is singing versus what he is singing. And if it's just, I think it, Nate's thinking, and, and I think he's right, I think it's just harmony, especially in this one. But it's actually interesting because I felt like it would pop a little bit more. Some of these features, it's like, oh, you have some, like, you're getting a female vocal, so that's going to balance out your your male vocal. But it's not exactly for that purpose. Like, I feel like usually when, when a, a guy singer has a girl singer, there's such a f- different feel when it goes to that girl singer. But so far, at least, that's not the case because of his high voice and falsetto that he doesn't actually need need a girl singing those parts it's actually more for textural i feel like elements than it is for for like a change so that being said i feel like it's even even maybe his heart to be more like inclusive especially with this project kind of being his baby i don't know and these just being good friends it's like hey how about you feature on this song i don't know exactly but i think that's really cool and i feel like it's sounding really different than i expected too because i actually expected with all the features, for it to be much more, I don't know, punchy or, like, obvious that there's these features where I feel like it's much more subtle. I guess that's my overall take. All right, Nate, what are your thoughts on track three? Yeah, so there's a lot of thoughts. I love this song. I think the lyrics are so good. He starts off, it's a sunset, it's a soft touch, you're a wrong fit. And so, like, from the get-go, like, he knows this relationship, like, 
isn't going to work out. And yet the whole premise of the song is like, I miss you. And so it's just like very interesting where there's like, it almost like sounds contradictory. It's like, you're not a good fit. And yet I miss you so much. And I guess talking about like how even like broken love is still love, I guess. And you can miss it and like long for it. And yeah, I just thought that was a really interesting perspective. So usually I feel like even though Joey definitely has a lot of influences, usually it's hard for me to pick out like, oh, he really sounds like this person or this band. But this was a song where I could point out a few parts and be like, wow, he really sounds like a different band. And so the second and third verse are back to back. So the second and third verse, he sounds so much like Polyenzo. Like I was listening to him. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like incredibly like Polyenzo. And I mean, I love Polyenzo and obviously I love Joey, but dude, this song's so catchy and so bright. And it makes me feel like this should be a summer album. Obviously again, we're only three songs in, but oh, I love this song so much. I just want to listen to it again. It's I know. Actually, it's so hard. I, I don't know. want to move on. But for the sake of the podcast, we will push through <laughs> because I will be listening to this song and this album, I'm sure, a lot more. So, All right. Let's move on. We are going to move on to track four. Track four is called Cover My Eyes, also featuring Soren Bryce. Here we go. Nate, what are your thoughts on track four, Cover My Eyes? Okay, so a few things jump out to me. So I really like Soren Bryce's harmonies and that they're very sparse, like not used frequently throughout the song. There's really this one main section that you hear her well, but they sound very pretty and like... I really like the way she adds. I feel like she does add a lot, even though only being in there for a small portion. I think the main thing I felt after listening to it and while listening to it is so far, this sounds like the song that could have most likely been on Everything Feels Better Now. Like it like has those vibes and like it's hard to like explain everything. But like if you so everything feels better now it's like one of my top like three probably albums of all time so i've listened to it a ton and this like definitely fits that feel for the most part however i would say the production is still fits more with this album and like the way it's produced but yeah I, this is a song last point that like can put you to sleep in a great way like it's just it's so peaceful despite having like those vibes and i just really like how beautiful and like soft it is but andrew what are your thoughts my biggest thought is exactly what you said that it sounds like it could be on everything feels better now i asked nate quick when we finished the song i asked nate i was like did they do this song live because i don't think that they did and nate doesn't think that they did either on that tour but I was listening to it and it sounded so familiar. That's that's the one thought. I don't want to say that in a bad way because I feel like it, he's there is different elements in this, but it does really sound like something that would be on Everything Feels Better Now. And I think specifically that chorus that you're holding up a white flag, like that melody, 
I need to re-listen, but I feel like he maybe has used that melody before or just some of those production elements. I don't know. But I think you're right. They updated the production like to fit this album, I think, specifically that synth that kind of starts things in. that You can tell they kind of have the note, and then they're using like a, a pitch bend almost to like give it some of that waviness, and they do it at the end of the song as well. And I feel like that's a slightly newer... It feels like something that maybe fits this album a little bit more. I feel like this album, as clean as it is, and clean is the best word to use, I feel like when describing production for From Indian Lakes, especially new From Indian Lakes, I feel like this is slightly dirtier production than Everything Feels Better for this song. That's kind of my take, that I feel like if you had slightly cleaner, it would sound exactly like Everything Feels Better now. That's just my quick thought on that. So our next song also, so usually when we talk about albums, we mention which songs were the singles, but just because we didn't listen to the singles, we're not like thinking about it. So track two, Dissonance was a single. And also this song, track five, it pulls you up as a single as well. And we're going to listen right now. So let's go. you up what are your thoughts so i love making eye contact with you because so we're listening (laughs) on our own kind of that's so sweet i know but we might have mentioned this quick but nate lives in boston i live in philly so we kind of have to do this whole podcast separately we have made it a point for the last few from indian lakes albums to actually do it while we're together that we'll listen through it together so we're kind of doing it but it's the first time that it's kind of separate but i always love just watching nate's reaction to the song and just kind of how it's moving him kind of first time which is really cool and this song i would say especially in that intro nate had one of the biggest smiles i've seen on what i'm gonna call the third intro because yeah exactly no exactly freaking it's a long intro and i love okay so first thing that i noticed i was like okay acoustic guitar is in which i feel like no band does the acoustic guitar as much justice as from indian lake does in this style that it's like it's not a huge part of From Indian Lakes, but every time he uses an acoustic guitar, it's like my favorite. And I I'm assuming this is this is Joey on this that like the production that they do with the acoustic guitar is amazing. So at the beginning, it literally sounds like they they place a mic maybe ten feet away and he just has like his guitar. It's not it doesn't sound like it's plugged in. It just sounds like he's miking almost the acoustic as if it's just in a room kind of and you can hear almost him sliding up and down between the chords it's it's maybe a a much more raw sound for the acoustic then it jumps in so that's kind of the first intro second intro has that guitar line kind of come in and gets a lot more poppier kind of sounds like the acoustic now is the plugged in sound and kind of that, I'm like, okay, here we go. And then the band comes in even bigger the third time with that whole uh, lead line and everything else. And that third 
kind of intro is where Nate was just smiling so much. And like, <laughs> I, I felt like I was too, but like, I can't tell. Uh, but then I looked at Nate, I was like, yeah, it, like this is, this is pretty dope. So it starts out great. I feel like there's a lot of really cool elements to it. I feel like I was just pulled right into the song. I like the ending, how it pulls it back again, kind of to that acoustic. And there's some weird synth that's just kind of, it's not pulsing, but it like is coming in and out. It's almost like skipping. It's 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 some really cool production elements there. I feel like this is one of my favorite, just like I don't know chord structures that they're following. It's just really cool. I I don't know. I feel like I'm not doing uh, the song justice with what I'm pulling up, but it is a really really good song. So Nate, please pull out some elements that I did not. I don't have much, but I can um, affirm what you said about my reaction. I think the lyrics are interesting in this song. This is one of those songs I have no idea what the heck he's talking about. But I find the last verse interesting. So he sings, Hovering above, we can see for miles all the green and blue. And now I'm covered in dirt. I just sold my soul and my body, too. It's like I have no idea what he's saying, but that sounds really cool. <laughs> and obviously, like, within the context of the album and hopefully after doing some research and, like, listening more, I'll be able to formulate some thoughts. But so far, I mean, everything's just been top-notch. So far, five songs in, we're about a third of the way through from lyrics to his voice. I've loved the way he's integrated the features, and they've all done a great job. And then just the songs themselves have just been really strong so i'm really looking forward to what's next all right let's move on to what's next track six is called a bad dream featuring nandi rose plunkett Nate, what are your thoughts on a bad dream? That's interesting. All right, let me tell you how I felt during the song and did I understand what was happening. So the song is like very catchy, I think. For most of the song, I really like it. And then the song's winding down and I like check how much time's left and there's like almost two minutes left. And I'm expecting it to just like get big and like explode and it really like winds down and is very like choppy and uh kind of weird and i was kind of disappointed i was like frustrated i wish it did something like grand and something great and then you read the you really focus on the lyrics and the lyrics that he's singing at that time and they're wash me off until i'm gone just like every other thing you've done and it's like very dark and obviously the song's name is a bad dream but when you take that into consideration, I think you can understand why he went the way he went. It's like the ending's very like sad and broken down and I don't want to say distorted per se, but just like it doesn't feel hopeful or bright or anything. And it's just like it kind of falls apart on a certain level. And uh, it makes a lot of sense with the lyrics. I do really like this song and I think it's very an interesting song for sure. What are your thoughts, Andrew? Yeah, so I feel like the song, f- for the most part, ha- lyrics are getting me, and I don't, I don't know if I'm getting 
the right idea, but how I was taking the lyrics is very much him wanting release from someone, but almost knowing that, like, he's not going to actually release himself. Like, he almost needs the other person to let him go. He can't seem to let them go. And I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong, but some of these lyrics, they're really great lyrics, I feel like. And so... I do think that the long instrument, I did the exact same thing that you did. I was like, okay, I think the song's winding down, and then there's two minutes left, and I was like, oh, shoot. Um, And I expected it to come bigger, so I kept kind of waiting for that, and it was that long, choppy, I feel like it almost was supposed to sound like a bad dream in some ways that it's just like doesn't quite make sense because it does have some of those dream type elements but i don't know the line that keeps getting me is hold me out over the edge and just let me go like that and a bunch of these other ones it's basically like i don't know if it's that like stop messing with me just like just be done with me kind of deal i don't know is very interesting lyrics and i feel like actually very sad kind of the whole thing and so the song I didn't end the song feeling happy which I don't think you're supposed to <laughs> anyway yeah but I feel like I'm kind of in my head right now which is maybe what it's supposed to be and so it's hard for me to be really analytical on some like I was so like emotionally invested in the song that I wasn't really thinking about musical elements so I don't really have much to pull out from that, the only thing that I did notice, the electric guitar follows the melody a whole lot in the song, and I think it sounds great. I also love some of the melodies, the I'll wait for you to come back home to me. Like yeah. that melody is so, so sick. And also Nandi Rose Plunkett, um, she had some really nice subtle parts in the song that I really liked. And one thing he's done a lot on this album is he keeps uh layering multiple sections on top of on top of each other and i just need to give him props because it, it's working every time i feel like and so i don't know if that's just like a go-to for him or not but so far it's worked every time so i like it and if he keeps doing that and it keeps working good for him it's awesome all right next we got track seven which was the first single released from the album no one else no one else andrew what are your thoughts i think these lyrics are like about as close to like a love and longing song as i've heard from him i feel like for the most part it's like i don't know maybe maybe i need to dissect them more but yeah they felt fairly straightforward like really just longing and and wanting to love someone i I thought they were really well put together once again his lyrics are so good like I, i don't know that we we're not probably giving him the lyrical justice that he deserves this time around because it's first time through and he's always so layered lyrically that it takes a long time to actually understand everything he's saying so i'm just trying to give first impressions where i can about lyrics but it's so good and i love there's something that he's doing i mean the whole album is this way and he he writes from these perspectives a lot he uses the pronouns you and i those are like 99% of the pronouns he uses. He is always talking 
from basically his personal standpoint, even when he's talking about what someone else is going through, he's saying you, which I feel like instead of saying her or they, which feels more impersonal, it's still a very personal pronoun. And I'm noticing, like, again, it's it's always you or I. And I love writing from that perspective. I feel like that that lyrical idea is just super prevalent throughout the whole album, just those perspectives that he's writing from. I really like they arpeggiate some chords in the song really good. He does that a lot in in his music, that he's just arpeggiating chords, whether it's with acoustic, electric, both together. He's also kind of a master of just sound effects, like, I mean, like, guitar sound effects, I guess. So, putting guitars through multiple different layering processes, using cool tremolos, flanger, reverb, chorus, a lot of chorus, actually, and just, like, kind of bright, chimey stuff. And so, I also want to point that out, especially in this song. I feel like there was some really cool production elements from all the guitars put together. That's some of my thoughts. Nate, what are your thoughts on the song? Yeah, I think it's one of the most straightforward songs on the album. Like, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, repeat chorus, I think. Like, I think that's pretty much it. And it's under three minutes. There's not many songs. I think there's only two other songs under three minutes on the album. So definitely one of the shorter, more straightforward tracks. And I agree with Andrew. Lyrically, this song definitely is a lot less ambiguous than a lot of the other tracks. Yeah, it's just, it's so sweet and catchy. And yeah, I just think it's a really catchy song and I really like it. I mean, there's not much to say. I just like the chorus is just, that melody is going to be stuck in my head for a while. All right, let's move to track eight. Track eight is called Garden Bed featuring Miriam Devorah. Nate, what are your thoughts on Garden Bed? Okay, so that's definitely the other song they played live. I remember last March, yeah, last March, I think, Joey posted a Instagram clip of him doing this song on acoustic, just part of it. And I've watched live concerts on YouTube of them, and they played the song. And Soren Bryce, when we were there live, she sang Miriam's part. And I was like, oh, it's kind of cool because Soren will be able to sing like all the harmonies and all the parts. And Miriam has a much stronger presence in this song than any of the other features do so far. But then I was thinking, oh, Miriam, who's in Queen of Jeans, is going on tour with Ferminian Lake. So she'll probably just like come out for the song and do it. So I was singing that. Anyways. I really, really, really like this song. I think it's just really pretty, but really powerful at the same time. And I like what they do at the end with the like really weird guitar solo combined with the beautiful harmonies. And yeah, I think it's just a solid track. What are your thoughts, Andrew? Yeah, it feels similar things. Just repeating Miriam's part definitely stands out the most. It's the most obvious feature. And that's kind of what I was expecting for all the features to be like. So throughout the album, the features have been very subtle where she is just not subtle. It's I mean, she's seen that part. The guitar solo is really cool. Like it's really cool how they even layer over top it singing Garden Bed then later uh in the later portion. 
if you've watched from Indian Lakes live, the one thing that you'll notice is just the presence of it's it's just a whole different experience. It sounds very different, I would say, than than these studio albums. It's a little bit more raw and just like in your face. And Joey's electric guitar is one of the things that stands out the most to me. And the fact that he'll just kind of solo in the songs a little bit more. And I feel like this is kind of a take that feels... I mean, they did this song live, so I do remember that. But yeah, it definitely feels closer to what you'll see live, I guess a little bit more that's about it next we have track nine almost there featuring soren bryce That's almost there. Andrew, what are your thoughts? So the first thing that I noticed looking at this track is how short it is. It's super short, and it's 2 minutes 14 seconds, and it feels a lot longer than that, actually. I'll give it that, that, like, I literally thought it would feel like I start the song and end the song right away, especially after Garden Bed's the second longest song on the whole album. It's it's more than twice as long as this, like, significantly. And so I just expected this to feel like almost more of an interlude. The one other thing that I'll say, when I knew that this album would be 16 songs, I assumed that there would be interludes throughout, just something else, because any albums that are... 16 tracks usually there's like an intro probably an outro and maybe something else in the middle just sort of an instrumental to kind of lengthen it and you're like ah it's really only like 12 or 13 songs or something but it's 16 tracks where uh, i'm pretty sure looking at the rest of it if there was ever going to be a time that there was going to be the instrumental it's a song that's two minutes and 14 seconds so I mean, these are 16 completely different songs, which is awesome. I'm loving that. The word that I would use to describe this song is just smooth. It's like super smooth, super catchy. There's not much to it, obviously, lyrically or even musically, although I was surprised with the amount of different elements they were able to pull into the song for it only being a, a little over two minutes. And there's almost extra time in the song that like it feels like they actually took their time with it because i guess there's really not that many different sections it didn't feel fast i don't know that's the main thing that stands out to me is that i really liked it it felt like a full flushed out song even though it's super short and i did not expect it to feel like a song i expected more just like oh this is a almost building into the next song but no it's its own thing so I don't know. I actually, I really, really liked it. Honestly, I thought that was really cool. So, Nate, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think a lot similar to you. I'm surprised I liked it this much as well. Um, and it did feel not like a full song, but it felt like it was full. If that makes sense. And I really like the second half where they're just singing "I'm Almost There." I think it becomes really beautiful and then as it trails out at the end the drum patterns were interesting speaking of seeing people's faces i saw andrew's face when the drum went and 
and skipped a beat or went off beat. I don't, I'm not great with the vernacular, but the first time that happened, he was like, Ooh, kind of like <laughs> that type of face. You know, when you can see a face, when you make a sound, yeah, it was that type of face. And yeah, and then they did it again, but it was a little bit longer and maybe like three times the length compared to two times the length. If that makes any sense, it probably doesn't make sense. But anyways, yeah, I just thought it was a really good track and very solid despite being only two minutes. And I can confirm that I'm almost certain that I made that exact sound with, <laughs> that accompanies that face. So, yeah, Nate nailed it. All right, let's move on to track 10. Track 10 is called Breathe It Out. All right, Nate, what are your thoughts on Breathe It Out? I have a lot of thoughts, but like none of them are actually about the song. I'm just going to make a lot of general thoughts that came to my mind as I'm listening to the song, okay? I'll, I'll talk about the song next podcast. This is why Fumanian Lakes is my favorite band, okay? Or Joey is my favorite artist. I always say that. So everything feels better now. It took like a long time to grow on me. And, like, these songs are just, like, coming in so naturally. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, so easy to love these songs. And the thing is, we're 10 songs in, and there's still six songs left. (laughs) But I guess I will talk about the song really briefly. I just love this chorus. Like, I mean, I love the song, but I just love this chorus. And it's another, I mean, I think the strongest choruses so far have been Your Heartbeat Against Mine, No One Else, and then probably this. I mean, there's. I like the choruses of the other songs, but like, oh, this is such a good chorus. What are your thoughts, Andrew? Yeah. So I'm going to give a quick story here so you can understand where I'm coming from. Because I felt so conflicted and almost. Uh, there was like tension I could feel. And, and I'll, I'll point out why. So I teach music for a living. That is that is my job. And one of the things that I do when I'm teaching guitar, at a certain point, we learn how to play within a scale and within a key. And I basically start playing chords and I allow my students to try and solo over it, not uh, just to try and get used to creating different textures within the same exact key. Okay. I'm trying not to get into the weeds of this too much, but Let's just say that for some students, that is a difficult task. They forget some of the notes that they're supposed to be allowed to play within the key, and they start using notes that they should not use and that sound really bad. And I'm there trying to just, like, encourage them to not play those notes because they sound really bad. And I was getting the weirdest vibes when I was hearing the solo from from Joey in the song that it literally felt like I was teaching a student and they're using notes and I'm going, no, don't use those notes. <laughs> those are bad notes to use. And you're kind of cringing a little bit because there's a part of you that just knows that this sonically does not sound good. All that being said, Joey knows music. I almost can guarantee you better than I even know music. And that means if Joey is using those notes, I'm here for it. So, Dude, this, this is like the classic Patriots thing where Patriots fans will say, and Bill we trust, where it's like Bill Belichick will do something s- stupid, and they're like, hey, 
I don't get it, but in Bill, we trust. You're just like throwing your hands up. Yep. Yeah. For as an Eagles fan, for years we tried to do that with Chip Kelly. That we're like, this guy <laughs> seems crazy, but I guess I guess we'll go with it. And it turns out he was actually just crazy. But back to this again. I don't know. I don't know how you write something like that because. Every part of me, if I was in the studio with Joey and Joey's like, here you go, this is my solo, I would be like, don't do that. People will hate <laughs> you for it. Like, I would talk him out of it. I would I would walk out. Like, every part of me just doesn't want him to do that. But also, every part of me loved that so much. Like, I can't even explain it. It makes no sense to me at all. That's almost like, uh, because that was towards the end of the song, I almost can't even remember a lot of what happened before, which kind of sucks. There is one thing that I do remember, and I'll point out in a second here. But, like, but again, it is so weird and almost so, so weird that it's almost bad. But because it's from Indian Lakes and because it's Joey and because he's almost been setting himself up for something like this throughout the whole album where there's other elements that build some of that tension. But then it releases back in. So, like, for a second, you might be like, oh, where is this going? And then you're like, oh, yeah, I like where that ended up. This one felt like it fell apart almost. That's that's how it felt, at least to me, a little bit. It fell apart, and I loved it. It was so cool. So it makes no sense to me, but I loved it. Um, Other element I want to point out, and I actually wanted to also point this out with Almost There as well. If you're listening to this album on a good set of headphones or a good sound system that you can really hear how they pan some of these effects and the back and forth, they are, and I'm saying they and I really mean Joey, but I guess anyone else who's in the production with him, the album is mixed so good. There's some really cool things that are kind of going back and forth between your left and right ear, and it's so cool. It's very immersive. The other thing that I want to point out is that I'm fairly certain, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that Joey is the only one using flanger effects anymore. If anyone knows what flanger effects are, they're kind of this like, it kind of is like a washy, it goes up and down. It's such a weird sound that was created in the 90s and everyone used in the 90s and then everyone just kind of stopped using it. And you hear it in a couple of these songs and every time I hear it, I'm like, this is like, I feel like I never hear that type of guitar effect anymore, and Joey uses it a, a couple times throughout the album. He's used it, so I just I love that and need to give him props again. He does some weird stuff, and I'm here for it. Next, we have "I Feel the Same" featuring Megan Grandal. So Andrew, what are your thoughts? So this is a very unique song, actually, for from Indian Lakes. I feel like his voice obviously just makes it sound like from Indian Lakes, but the production on the song, especially until later in the song, the guitar that you hear is just this kind of ping-pong delay type of thing, which is more percussive, and then there's a lot of percussion elements in the song, just a lot of, I don't know, everything feels very percussive. 
throughout the whole thing that there's really only like a single note holding the chord structure as he's singing. So his voice is about the only thing really giving melodic elements besides that single note for the chord structure, which I feel like just makes it stand out a whole lot that like it feels very different because there's not those there's not big guitars. There's not uh, big chords or anything until a lot later in the song. And so I really like it. I feel like it's such a cool, it feels very different, and it's all really cool at the same time. So I I really like it. Nate, what do you feel about the song? So through the first chorus, I felt like the song felt pretty flat. I was hoping the chorus would pack like more of a punch. But when the chorus came back the second and third time, I like got it, and I really liked it. But honestly, the shining moment for me of the song is the ending. Like when it's the acoustic portion, I just think it's so beautiful. And it's almost like S. Carey like on a certain level, especially during when it was just the acoustic and not his voice. I just thought that was a really beautiful song. And every song so far has been different. And you think like, how's he going to make something more different that still fits? And this is, like you said, one of the most different songs. And it still fits, and it's still incredible. So I love this track. All right, next up, we have track 12 called Did We Change, featuring Lynn Gunn. Nate, what are your thoughts on Did We Change? So similar to Garden Bed, Lynn has a strong role as well as Miriam. And the song is like very interesting instrumentally. It's like very shifty with the drums and the synths like bouncing back and forth throughout the track. This is another dark song in the sense that like there's not much hope. It's kind of like, hey, there was passion and everything, but it's like not right. And I think it's a very interesting song. I think a lot of Lynn's songs, too, from Paris, have a similar, like, passionate vibe. Like, if you've heard the new Paris tracks, like, very full of passion. And this one has it, too, lyrically. But uh, there's definitely, like, a longing for more, I'd argue. But, yeah, no, I think it's a really cool track. Not one of my favorites, but the problem is, is that, like, I've loved every other song for the most part. And I still thought it was a really good track, though. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, so I think this is the first track for me that really messes with the with time signatures on this album. He did it a lot on Everything Feels Better Now, that there was just some very unique time signatures used and unique timing. And I feel like this is definitely the song that's reminiscent of that. So that initial synth part is in 4-4. Four, four. And then basically the rest of the instruments are in 3-4, if I'm correct. Uh, Again, this is just a first listen, so I wasn't able to dissect everything, but that's kind of the feel I got. What that basically means is that they're just, they're almost competing with each other, that they're just very different timings. But what's cool is that 
that means every time the drums are hitting, it's like over a slightly different note. And, and I think that's really cool. And so I think all things considered, that's one of the things that I love. And I almost was waiting for a little bit because Joey had done it so much and everything feels better now. I was I was waiting for it, I guess, at this point. And it was awesome. It was really good hearing Lynn's voice. Uh, she has an awesome voice and... Paris is awesome. I've enjoyed Paris for a long time. And it's so weird because I never would have been like listening to Paris and gone, you know, I wish that she did a collab <laughs> with Indian Lakes. Like it just wouldn't have come to my mind at all. So I think that collab, it works really well. I agree. It's similar to what Miriam did in in Garden Bed, just in the sense of she kind of takes over the song a lot more than you know, like Sarn Bryce especially but but even Fernandi as well like those other features so far have been very subtle compared to this is very much like hey here you go you get this section it's all yours and i even wonder like so sometimes you just have the guest vocals or whatever for just simply to make the song better. Like I know Joey said in some of his like Instagram and social media stuff, like, Oh, I had a hard time singing this part. Well, and I didn't like the way my voice sounded, but I loved the way like Soren sounded. And so like there's that side, but I also think sometimes they're like, there's like thematic significance and having two people sing. And I wonder like a song like this, is it like two people sharing like the same story in a relationship? And like, I wonder if thematically like that's a part of it. I think you could say the same thing with garden bed. Like, is there, are those two people talking about each other in a sense? Um, and I don't know, but I just think it's an interesting thought and like implementation, not just for the beautification of the song, but also for some thematic lyric lyrical side of things but i don't know speaking of features uh our last feature which includes miriam from queen of jeans as well is faces which is our next track faces andrew what are your thoughts yeah so maybe it's just this later part of the album that it's going to get a little bit more experimental because this is reminding me of of 12 did we change just time signature wise again i'll just mention that real quick that it's basically seven eight every other measure and eight eight every other measure or 15 eight however you want to look at it it's a really unique timing and i think that that kind of it, it makes you want to bob your head a little bit to like try and feel out the tempo but it keeps jumping on you and it's like hard because you're like on beat and then you're off beat and then you're on beat again it just kind of throws you a little bit which i think is such a cool cool unique feel to it i think so this is actually i really love his melody throughout the song i really feel like his melody and cadence is really strong on this one and not that it hasn't been, but there's just something about it, and I don't know exactly what it is. But I actually, that was something that stuck out to me. This is the longest song on the album, 
It makes sense. There's some very long instrumental portions. And even I thought the song was over, then he kind of comes back in very quiet at the end. So um, I thought it was really good. I like where it's placed in the album, though. I will say, like, later in the album, especially because it is this lengthy of a song that, like, I wouldn't like this song near as much, I feel like, if it was really early on. I feel like I need this later on only small thing and again i don't we haven't finished the album yet because of the time signature changes that are happening in the last two songs the fact that they're back to back is now messing with me if that makes sense that i actually wish those songs were spread out just a little bit more just maybe one of them specifically 12 probably just earlier in the album i feel like I don't know all the reasoning behind how he has these songs structured. But just for me, I like kind of a song that's really unique timing-wise and then a song that's a little bit more standard and then a song that's more unique. Kind of spread it out just a little bit more. Two in a row, for me, it was it was awesome, but it also felt like it might have been a bit much uh, back-to-back. So that was my only thought. Uh, the other thing, he's actually done this timing before on other songs, so I should mention... He might not even think about it as a unique timing because he's written songs in the same exact timing before. So it's not as unique. This is the same timing that was showing up actually a few times on Everything Feels Better Now. It's kind of the same same feeling for that. So, okay, that's my thoughts. Nate, what are your thoughts on Faces? One minor thing. If you are reading the lyrics on Bandcamp, and I've noticed this throughout the album, they aren't fully correct. So it was just really obvious during the song. And I mean, it, I know some other tracks, but yeah, surprisingly, I felt like that was actually a quick five minutes because I was so like intrigued the whole time. Andrew, I think this was the first time during the album that we were kind of shocked and we like looked at each other and it was when he started singing and his cadence and like, it was not what I was expecting no. with that type of instrumental. No, and if I can quick interject. Yeah, no, I, I, wa- I want you to. I, I need to, like, listen to this again. There's something about the intro to that that not only is his melody and cadence not what I thought, I feel like they change keys or it's, like, really weird chord structure there that, like, all of a sudden he comes in at just a note that I was not expecting and it doesn't sound right at first, and then you kind of get in the groove. You're like, okay, that's it. But, yeah, it was weird. I was like, I don't know what just happened. Like, I actually, like, second-guessed whether something happened to my speakers for a second. Yeah, and I love the ending, that little portion at the end. I think it's a really beautiful part, and I think sometimes I've noticed this a lot listening to music. The first time you listen to a song... It's hard to listen to any part not knowing where it's going or where it's been. You know what I mean? So, like, when I listen to old From Indian Lake songs and I'm hearing the verse, I hear it in a different way because I know where it's going in the chorus or I know where the chorus is going to the bridge. And so I feel like this whole song, I'm, like, trying to figure out where it's going. And I think I'd like this song a lot better, even though I liked it, once I really know it. 
and and feel comfortable with it and I'm able to sense where the song's going and stuff. Yeah, I think last note that I'll say, we don't know the last three songs yet. We haven't heard them quite yet, but I could see this actually being a great closer, depending. Like, because yeah. of that section at the end that, like, I, I would think that there might have been some conversation and because it's really just Joey, internal conversation about... <laughs> really internal. <laughs> yeah, just uh, about whether whether he should place this at the end of the album, cause, especially because it's a long one, I think. But you're right, it doesn't feel that long. But yeah, that might have closed the album out well, but let's see what he decides to do to actually close the album. Yeah, and I'm Right Here does sound like a good last track title. So we'll see if we uh, would rather have it be Faces or not. All right, well, let's move on to track 14. Track 14 is called ULS. All right, Nate, what are your thoughts on ULS? So one last thing we should mention, this was also one of the singles. I think it was a second single. They had five singles for the album, which is crazy. But Andrew and I were talking about this earlier. Five singles seems like a lot, but usually bands do release three singles, which is like a third of their album, I feel like. And Joey released a third of his album, too, but... I am glad that we waited, Andrew. I know this is the last song that we would have heard, uh, which is why I'm bringing it up. I'm glad that we waited because there's been a lot of surprises throughout the album we would have already known. I really like this song. I thought he did a lot of very interesting and unique cadences and melodies. He's still continually recreating himself while still sounding like Joey. And I love the chorus on this track. I think it's so smooth, so soothing, and it's just a beautiful song to play on like a late night dark drive and yeah i can see why he released as a single there was no guitar in this song though right i don't think so yeah so which which is very that's a step that's very different for the most part for joey on this album that there's a lot more synth laden songs so so yeah what are your thoughts andrew yeah the first thing that stands out to me is the synth probably because that is the whole song but there's a lot of different synths too so it's a bunch of different effects the effect that they put almost like the delay that they put on that intro part is really really unique it's like this really fast delay that's like a little out of time doesn't quite get back in time for the next section to start it's pretty cool um i really like that and then they've got some pulsing synths in there and then some more ambient synths as well so i think there's a lot of really cool synth textural elements in the song so yeah i just really love it i think it's a really solid song i think it was definitely bold to not have any guitars or anything in there but it was really good all right the second to last track is up next and it's when it's love you want Stay here 
Andrew, when it's love you want, what are your thoughts? I really, really, really like that. I loved... I feel like it might be the perfect second-to-last track, too. I'm not sure what the last track is going to be, but I just have a feeling like this track placement of all the track placements might have just been so perfect, where, like, it's just... It's quiet. It's soft. It's really Joey's take on what it would sound like. Like, at, at the core, it's his voice and a piano, but there's so many layered things on top of it that make it so much more unique than that that like i think at its core it's a very simple song which he never writes a simple song it's always more complex so i feel like this is also fairly straightforward it's like there's not near as much to to that but the production elements all the added percussive things and sound effects and whatever it is i think it makes it really unique I also just like I think these are such beautiful lyrics that like that's kind of the word that I that I see like so the one line I'll just read or I guess it's a section is saw you today swimming in the water chasing a wave as if it's the only one I just think it's a beautiful word picture he creates so many just beautiful pictures with his lyrics and I feel like it puts you directly into whatever story he's telling, and it's beautiful. So I really, really like the song. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Nate? So I think this reminds me of two songs from Everything Feels Better Now, but like when I told you, oh, Cover My Eyes sounds like Everything Feels Better Now, it's not as much that. So lyrically, this is reminiscent for me of Feel Love on it. Everything feels better now when it's, no, if you want to feel love, I can show you it. You can come around and feel someone lying next to you. I can be the one. I think those are the lyrics, but you can fact check that. And the end here is, when it's love you want, I will meet you there with love. And when you're on your own, I will wait. Just like, I don't know. It feels very similar. Like, if you want love, like, I can be that for you, which is an interesting lyric. And then from another standpoint, you know the song Lose Myself on Everything Feels Better Now, where he goes, I think I'm ready to lose myself with your love. When I first heard that, I was expecting on the second time he would sing it. So he sings that first line. I was expecting the next line to be, I think I'm ready to lose myself in your love. Or like to like drop it or like love because joey like drops a lot of last notes especially on absent sounds and able bodies i think he did that he dropped and so on this song it's similar where when he sings i will wait that's what i wanted him to do but he just like holds it i'm not gonna try and do what he does and um it's like he doesn't do what i want him to do but then with Lose Myself, I end up loving the way he did it. And I love that he didn't, like, box himself and say, well, I always do this, so I'm going to continue to do it. He, like, pushed himself. And so I think I'm going to like that decision later on. But I fully agree with you. Those are my exact thoughts of Perfect Second to Last Track. And um, I love its simplicity as well. It's a very beautiful song. All right. Let's move on to the final track, track 16, called I'm Right Here.
right, Nate, what are your thoughts on the final track? I'm right here. So I love this as the closing track. It actually reminded me a little bit of the feel of New Love, the first track. Just like, I don't know exactly what, but it was bright and it was hopeful. And I just really like that song. It was just such a strong closing track. And for an album that covers so many sounds to kind of tie it back together a little bit, I think was really cool. And yeah, lyrically, I do think it's very similar to When It's Love You Want, but that's fine. I think he just really tries, he's just trying to drive his point home. Yeah, I think it was just a great song to end it. I'll keep it at that. What are your thoughts? Yep, you you stole my first thought, which is I feel like it actually bookends the album perfectly because I do think, and I don't know what it is either, because we've only listened to these songs once, we might not be able to tangibly tell people what it is, but there is a similarity between New Love and I'm Right Here. Right when it started... I kind of just was like nodding to Nate, like like through Skype, like <laughs> yeah, this is what it needed to be. Especially after song fifteen was so quiet, I was like, okay, I do want a little bit more upbeat, a little bit yeah, more definitely. Positive. And I didn't want it to end really weird. Like he got weird throughout the album a couple times that it was just really unique and and almost dark. I wanted something really bright, really positive. Like this might be the most bright and positive. He sounded in a long time or like ever. I don't know. There's something about that chorus in the song that just feels so like, oh, it just makes you so happy, I feel like. Yeah. It's really good. And, and, And they do use some similar timing. Again, that timing that I said that they use on Everything Feels Better Now, um, that they also use in Faces. There's some of that same timing elements in there. So there's still some really cool stuff. It's not not straightforward, but there's definitely some poppier elements and probably that chorus specifically that feels a little bit more uh, poppy than he ever really goes. So I thought it was a great, great ending to the album. Part of me actually, at the one point when he's kind of repeating the chorus and they're just like singing that and grooving on it and it's bigger, I almost wanted them to just like fade it out. Like I loved the groove Mm, so much. It would have been cool, but I actually still loved how he decided to end the song how it obviously did not fade out but but what's cool is that it felt like the song was open enough that there were those options it's like i don't know how like you end it would have been cool i think either way but the song just the fact that the song opened itself up to multiple ways to end the album great is i think it just speaks to how good the song is itself so i really appreciated it nate we did it we did it. We did we, it. We got all the way through. But yeah. you made it sound like we accomplished something when really we've just been blessed. That's all that's, that's happened. True. That's true. Hashtag too blessed Joey to did be stressed. It. Joey did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joey did it. No, so just if you guys don't know Nate and also my love for Ferminian Lakes, like it goes real deep. And and I just need to commend you, Nate, for for actually sticking to uh, to our agreement to not listen to this. I think as hard as it was for me, I could tell it was agonizing for you. Like, yeah, you definitely lost hair <laughs> in this process. <laughs> yes. And uh, and I appreciate your willingness to sacrifice for uh, for this experience between you and me and for the podcast. Let's get to a couple more things before we wrap up here uh, for this episode again we're going to go a lot more in depth and have better 
formulated thoughts. So if if you hear us talking and we say something that you know is just like not even close to true or an idea we had maybe lyrically specifically that we're like, oh, I think he's saying this. And you're like, no, nope, that's not what he's saying. Just give just wait. Time. Just wait, because when we do it again, we'll be even further. Off. Exactly. <laughs> we'll have more time to dissect it and still come up wrong. And no, exactly. Uh, that's probably what's going to happen. But there's so much here. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of songs, but there's so much here to dissect. So, so please come back for our next podcast. That one's going to be awesome. Nate, I'm going to uh, just ask a couple questions here before we're done. Just some overall stuff with this album. We will get much deeper into it again next album. But what's your initial favorite song on this? It's between I. You know, I'm just going to man up, and or, or I'm, you know, I'm just going to woman up, and. I'm just going to pick something. I'm just going to do Breathe It Out. I love that song. And I actually, so Andrew and I had to do this in two parts because I had to to go to work uh, quick. I coach as well as teach and I had to go to practice. And on I have a three minute ride to practice so I could listen to one song we had listened to so far. And so I listened to Breathe It Out again. And listening to that guitar, crazy weird guitar solo, knowing it's coming, I actually like kind of understood it better the second time and liked it better. I just love that chorus. And I think it was the point on the album where I was like confident this was going to be like they had had so many good songs up to that point. When that song came out, I was like, it's a done deal. Like this is going to be just easily my favorite album of the year. And that was verified and confirmed through listening to the rest. But I'm going to say breathe it out. What about you? Yeah, I think you actually make a really good point. I just want to say, like, by the time we got there, I kind of agree with you. I, I didn't I didn't want the album to end at 10 because I didn't feel like it was the right closing track. But you do know that there's enough for the album that even, even if the last six songs were weak, as long as they weren't awful, you'd go, dang, I have 10 new amazing From Indian Lake songs that I can work with work through so i just, now at 16 that's a good point and now at 16 <laughs> like literally there's there's no weak songs that's the first thing that i'll say is like even comparatively weak songs are still comparatively stronger than most bands ever get to so <laughs> that's not bad at all i'm gonna stick with actually my my early prediction i'm gonna go your heartbeat against mine number three that's such a good song. That that was so good. And I had a very similar thing when we had to pause here while Nate went to practice. I had just a couple minutes uh, to listen to a song. And I didn't want to re-listen to all of them or anything. But I literally, like, I was itching so bad to go back to three right away. And we didn't while recording. So I was like, I just need to, I need to re-listen to it. And it is so good. Like, I love it. So I would go with that. It probably will change both of our favorites might change by the time we do the next episode so definitely check that out and see uh see if we changed our minds or uh or that nate uh another question that i would like to know is what's your initial thoughts on the album artwork i i absolutely love the album artwork it's like so different than uh what they've done for past covers it's got like a newer 80s indie vibe 
I love the curtains on it. I love the multiple like circles and like the flames at the bottom. I don't know if those are flames or not. I love the hand. I love the sun slash planet thing out the door, if that's what that is. And it's just so colorful. And I think colorful, honestly, is what describes like that's one of the best adjectives I think you can give to the album is it's just a very colorful album. And um, yeah, I just really like the artwork. I think from Indian Lakes is one of the not I obviously they're so Joey's my favorite artist but I think he has some of the best artwork too consistently every single project has great artwork and I don't think it changes here what are your thoughts so I think what's so interesting is the album being called dimly lit I I thought the same thing dude like it it honestly it feels very contradictory to the title of the album because it's so colorful and bright and like happy where I picture dimly lit, like uh, maybe I'm just way too standard for this. I guess that's where you need someone like Joey and people that he works with, I guess, to come up with a cooler idea. Because normally I would just think, oh, like do like a dimly lit album cover. But like that also wouldn't fit the the sound of the album, too. And one thing we might have to figure out, too, I don't know the story behind this, so and you might, but why he named the album Dimly Lit, because the album, I'm assuming that has to do with the lyrical approach that he's taking on the album, but it definitely does not describe the feelings and emotions that, that the album brings. So the album artwork fits this sound a lot better it does remind me i don't know why and i'm not comparing these side by side but mentally uh, remembering back when we did law disputes panorama it reminds me of that that take uh, a little bit i guess more like it looks like it's hand-drawn kind of it doesn't look like a graphic design it actually looks like a piece of artwork that you'd hang on your wall a little bit more like closer to that type of art than normal artwork and uh and i thought that's I, I think it's really cool i think it's pretty awesome so we might have to figure out some more reasons behind some of the stuff by the next time that we record all right nate so one more question for you where does this album rank for you on your all-time from indian lakes list well andrew i will tell you Next time, as we discuss <laughs> from Indian Lake's new album, Dimly Lit, in much more detail, we'll have all our thoughts much more formulated. We'll listen to the album 100,000 times by then, and we'll give you a rank of our top from Indian Lake's albums, and it will be incredible. So please come back for that. Please, you listen to the album 100,000 times as well, and let us know your thoughts on our socials, which Andrew will let you know about. All right, people, you can find us on our socials. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. Both of those, our tags are LDLpod, so you can find us there for Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at listening at gmail.com. Thanks, Grandma. So if anyone but Nate's grandma could email us, that would actually that'd be great. No, please still email us, Grandma. Don't listen, Andrew. Until next time, thanks for listening. Peace.
ません。